How does money work? We're taught to go to school, to get a job, climb the corporate ladder, get a 401k, and then put money into a 10% over 40 years compounding interest, you'll be able to retire. Now, that is what we're taught, but we're not taught how to budget, we're not taught about taxes, we're not taught about inflation, we're not taught about uh, sales taxes, we're not taught about balancing a checkbook, we're not taught about increasing income, we're not talking about how trading hours for dollars is limited, and there are other ways to leverage time to where it compounds for you, and we're not taught about multiple streams of income, so what's important? Well, what's important is that those things that we're not taught are the important parts, but the things that we are taught are not the important parts. Now, everybody has to start from somewhere. So obviously, if you're just entering in to an age where you got to start working, you're going to have to start with a job because you don't have any experience. So going and getting a job becomes the first step of actually starting your journey into financial wealth or financial uh, prosperity or financial freedom, whatever you want to call it, okay? But you have to start somewhere. But the point is, is to not live beyond your means and to actually live below your means of what you have coming in and to do two things. To raise your top line, what you manage is what grows. So you look at every dollar you spend, you watch your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves and then you budget. You budget for the expenses that you have and then a small amount for entertainment to reward yourself. Now, it's not about not spending $5 on a cup of coffee and going to Starbucks. No, it's about figuring out how to increase your income while you have the job. And it's figuring out how to get more income coming in, more streams of income besides trading your hours for dollars while you're learning and trying to get experience. So that is your first step, okay? Now, go into a job where you can get certified and start as an intern. There are paid intern positions usually and look for jobs where there are certifications. Why? Because if you working for $10 an hour or $12 an hour, $15 an hour, if it's an entry level position or if it's an internship or whatever it is, at least you're in the door and you're making something. And if there's certifications, you can go buy the books for $100, dollars $300, start studying the books, and then within three to four months, learn the books while you're working, go take the certification, and then that automatically is going to triple your income and the amount of money you can have coming in. So if you're starting at like $10 an hour, 
having certain certifications could possibly start you to have $25 to $30 an hour, depending on what you're in, whether it's accounting or whether it's human resources or whatever it is where you're working a job where you get certifications. So as a result of doing that, you spent three months and you spent $300 and took a test in order to pretty much double or triple your income capacity earning. So what's the lesson here? The lesson is you became more valuable as a person and because you became more valuable, the marketplace pays you more money. So that's how you raise your top line by trading your hours for dollars. You become more valuable to the marketplace. Now, once you're able to do that, you don't increase your expenses to keep up with your pay. No, you keep your expenses contained and low and you take that extra money and you start to invest it. There are books like The uh, Richest Man of Babylon that talks about having three different uh, places that you would put your money, for instance. Uh, 10% for giving, 10% for emergency fund, 10% for investing, for instance. So you start to put away about 30%. You know, 10, 10, and 10, you keep your expenses contained. You already became more valuable, raise your top line of what you're making. Now you're in a position where your needs are met, you got some experience, and you could start to venture off to do a side hustle of a business that you may want to do on the side. And then you do that in your spare time. And you devote maybe five hours a week to it. You know, an hour a day or two hours a day. And uh, you just get social media for your website, for the business, and just start to you know, build that following, build your tribe up online. And uh, then you start to create your products and, you know, see where it takes you. But what you focus on and what you give energy to is what grows. A lot of people want to have the microwave mentality and this is drilled into us. And here's a principle, okay? Principle to follow is that the paycheck is a reward at the end of the week for your work. But what happens with that is people get programmed to think that they need to have a reward immediately after the work they don't do. And it's harder for that type of mentality and that person that's been conditioned in that way of thinking to transition to doing something on the side where they might not see a financial benefit from it for six months or a year, two years. But what you need to understand is that good things worth waiting for take time to grow. Just like a marathon is not one by sprinting, it's one by pacing yourself and doing the same uh, speed continuously until you finish the race on a good time. And you get the reward, okay? You get the medal. So it's the same thing in not allowing yourself to become conditioned to what I call the microwave mentality, where you put something in a microwave and it's immediately finished. And you get the benefit of eating that food hot that you microwave for a minute or a minute and a half. It's the same thing as a paycheck. You know, you worked your whole week, you got a reward, your paycheck at the end of the week. Well, when you're building a side hustle, it takes time. You're not going to see a reward, maybe for six months, a year, two years. And I reiterate that again, because it's through repetition that people learn. And that's an important thing to understand is that mindset becomes very important. 
and mentality. You have to have the endurance to keep going. You have to have the persistence. You have to know that things start with motivation, but as you continuously do things consistently, it develops into a discipline. And what you measure grows. What you pay attention to, you give energy to, and that grows. So you don't want to look at something and start to do something for a month, two months and not see any results and then say, well, I'll try this or I'll try that and I'll try that. And then you're doing four or five things and you keep quitting things. You're not paying attention to something long term. You're not putting energy into something. You're not measuring something. And what you measure grows. What you put energy into grows. What you pay attention to grows. What you focus on grows. You see, so some of the richest people in the world have gotten that way by focusing on one thing for 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years, one business that is compounded to a point to where they either kept it and it's a billion dollar company or they sold it for billions of dollars. Now, I'm not saying that everybody's going to get to that point, but the point is, is the principles are the same, okay? And not everybody needs to be a billionaire to uh, reach their goal. Everybody's goals are different, okay? Think of the life you want, and here's the easiest way I try to tell people. Think of the life you want. What would that cost yearly to attain it? If it's a half a million dollar house in a certain neighborhood, well, then you know that you would need to have a $3,000 just for principal interest payment whatever the taxes are, and then the insurances for a half a million dollar house. So you'd probably be looking at a, a house note of about $4,500 a month. So you would need $4,500 times 12, plus if you wanted two new cars, 1000 a month, that's 12000 a year on top of the uh, $4,500 times 12. Then you add all that up, plus whatever food would cost you for a year, and you say, okay, for my dream life, for the life I would like to get to, this is how much it would cost me a year. Well, what you do is what's called the rule of 200. You take that yearly amount times 200, and that's how much cash you would need to save in a 401k with compounding interest that would pay you at 6% interest yearly in order to to have that lifestyle where you get interest or dividends from stocks that would pay you to live that life without having to trade hours for dollars. Rule of 200. So not everybody needs to be a billionaire or have millions of dollars coming in. Everybody's goals and everybody's lifestyles are different. That's how you figure out where your goal is, where you want to be to live comfortably. And look at the pace of inflation and figure out, hey, I got two kids or three kids I want to have. So maybe what I'll do is I'll get three rental properties while these kids are small and then I'll rent them out. And by the time the kids are 20 years old, they can either live in that house that's pretty much paid off or they can sell it. And if it is kept up with the pace of inflation, they can go take that money and uh, do a 1031 exchange within 45 days, find the property, and within 180 days, transition that capital from that sold property into that new property, tax-free, tax-deferred. And then they have that house that's kept up with uh, the pace of inflation, and it's going to give them the house they want starting out. 
put $1,000 in an account whenever they're first born, uh, that's going to compound over 30, 40 years. By the time they're 40, they, they're going to have a, a nice chunk, four or 500000 there. If you, if you do a little amount for the first five years of their life, 100 a month or whatever, could potentially reach a million dollars. And then they have a house and they have a million dollars waiting for them down the road whenever they're 30. So the point is, is figure out how to set yourself up for generational wealth, folks. For they want you to come in the world naked and poor and want you to lead that way with nothing. But that's why it's important to have financial education because you want to continue to not only build value for yourself in financial education, but be able to pass that heritage on down to your children. Because the way generational wealth works is that usually the people who build these huge companies, like the ones I just told you about, if the second generation takes it over, they usually are running it in the ground, and by the third generation, it's squandered. So that's why financial education is very important. Understanding that not one, not one stream of income makes you wealthy, but multiple streams of income make you wealthy. Also understanding that there's good debt and there's bad debt. Bad debt takes money out of your pocket and you're paying interest for it. Good debt is you get money at a low interest cost. You buy a piece of equipment or invest in a company that's going to make you money for that investment that you borrowed on. It's creating capital and a profit, and then you're able to take that profit, pay off that loan, and then have a profit left over from the net. And then that's good debt because you created a loan to invest in an asset that produces profit for you. That's paying that loan back, plus put more money in your pocket to take and reinvest into something else that's going to make money. So that's financial education, understanding the difference between good debt and bad debt, Understanding that you got to start with a job, understanding that you have to build up your value to the marketplace to increase your top line and then do something on the side that is going to create another stream of income, something related to that side hustle that can create another stream of income that's a cross-sell for the product you already created that you're selling so that you can start to take customers that you have and turn the customer from being a one-time customer into a lifetime value of a customer because you have multiple products that you can sell to that customer. Then it becomes a business that you have lifetime value customers for, not just a one-time sale to a customer because now you're creating something that they are going to come back over and over to you for to get products from you. So... These are just skills that you're going to develop by having experience. And then a job becomes important. Why? Because it teaches you how to communicate with uh, vendors. It teaches you how to communicate with customers. And it teaches you how to communicate with people in a team and how to dele- how to see how managers delegate authority. And, uh, you know, just to see how managers manage cost how managers manage labor, inventory, uh, what they do with variable costs to keep them low, what they do with fixed costs, 
and all the different things that go along with running a business. So developing that entrepreneurial mindset becomes important. And I'll tell you another thing uh, in closing that's very important too, is that we have 24 hours in a day. So if your idea is to make more money by getting a second job, well, you, you're limited in the amount of time you can spend in one place or even two places in a day because you need eight hours of sleep. So you're capped out once you get a second job where if you create a side hustle, that side hustle, you can leverage your income by another product. You can let your leverage your income by a subscription. You can leverage your income by creating other employees that will go and make more profit for you. So it's leverage with other people's time, other people's uh, talent, other people's money, and you're able to scale something that is can grow exponentially to where you can't work more than 16 hours a day because you're going to need at least eight hours of sleep. So you become maxed out in your earning potential if you keep the mindset of trading hours for dollars. So something to keep in mind. Now, this is what I wanted to get to, okay? Is a third of your life is spent sleeping. A third of your life is spent working a job eight hours. And the other eight hours of your day is spent with a person you're going to have as a spouse. So the three most important decisions you're going to make with your life in that category of time, not in the category of God, which is the ultimate decision of your life, making Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior is the most important decision you can ever make because it's the only thing that has eternal value. Okay? Now, outside of that, you have three important decisions, okay? And I need to qualify that because that is the absolute greatest decision you need to make. Now, get the best bet you can get because you're going to spend a third of your life in it. Figure out what you want to do work-wise because you're going to spend a third of your life doing it. And then figure out who you want to spend your life with as a spouse, okay? Someone you can trust, someone you can communicate with, someone you can build a life with, someone who you could, you know, just grow with. And yes, through time and over the decades, you're going to change as a person, your spouse is going to change as a person, and yes, kids are going to come into play, and you need to keep these things in mind though, okay? Is that you need to keep in mind, think about when you were a kid, when raising your kids, and how you felt whenever you were a kid, and keep that in mind with how you discipline your kids, okay? And this is something that I had to learn from experience, all right? Unfortunately, but Hopefully, you don't have to learn from experience, and you can learn by just listening to experience, okay? And just, you know, don't break your kids' spirits. Love them. Uh, be there for them. And just guide them and raise them up in the Lord. And use grace with them 
and just love them even when they're loud. And, you know, you don't want to hear the loudness, but hearing the loudness is something that you take for granted because if you don't hear the loudness because they're not with you anymore, if, you know, you would be separated with your family and the other spouse would get it, the children, for instance, then now you are without those children that you took for granted and the screaming would aggravate you, but now you look back and you're like, I would love to hear the screaming now because that would mean I have them with me every day. So it changes your perspective. So just do it do it the right way the first time, okay? And uh, as far as the spouse goes, you're going to change over time. Just make sure that y'all are communicating what you're willing to do through situations, what you're each willing or not willing to do or come to a compromise. In every situation where there's a disagreement, compromise, what each person's willing and not willing to do in that particular decision and finding the compromise with those things in mind. Always sitting down with them and asking them how they're feeling about situations and um, empathizing with them, overlooking their faults, serving one another, honoring one another. Because the truth is, is that you can have love and relationship, but unfortunately, love and relationships don't always prevail. Skills is what prevails. Skills keep a relationship together. Unfortunately, some people have to go through a lot of loss and sacrifice and pain to learn that. But it's skills that keep a relationship together. And skills with love is the ultimate, okay? But be loyal to one another and uh, be faithful to one another and let your relationship have the guidance of God. The, the Lord Jesus Christ over it and uh, you'll, you'll have success in life so I hope that this gives you uh, some guidance and some insight into uh, having a life of success